In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast time-traveling companion, Travis Ratz. Travis Ratz. I couldn't do an accent for that. I don't know what a time traveler sounds like. Oh, wait. Try it again. Hit it. (laughs) And my time-traveling companion is the one and only, oh boy, Travis Ratz. What's oh boy? From Quantum Leap. Oh, because you just left in. I just left in. You just left, left in. in. Yeah. You just left in. I thought you were going to be like, See how that works? You built a time machine out of a DeLorean? <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to go with. I, I saw someone sent me a gift. A gif? A, a gif? G- or a gif, if you're one of those assholes who says gif. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> um, so uh, someone sent me a gift the other day of a uh, Quantum Leap gif. And the gif was, um, uh, it's him yeah. saying, I'm retarded. And then he opens a door and he sees like his other self, yeah. who is a mentally challenged person. I was like, this would not fly today. No, this episode could, would not could, fly. He couldn't say. You definitely couldn't say retire. I think the episode could probably fly um, because it'd be like an eye-opening after-school special about what right. it's like to be with a disability. Um, but you definitely couldn't go. I'm retarded. <laughs> I'm retarded. <laughs> I'm retarded. So. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. Speaking of retards, <laughs> we're going to introduce our guests. Where, where, we, where we talk about comic books, uh, and uh, today we got a doozy for you. We've got another Brian K. Vaughn. Oh, our fa- a favorite. A favorite. Well, we were talking about volume one of Paper Girls. On the Comic Exposure Podcast, we talk about trades and graphic novels. Every other week, we do a comic book club. On the in-betweeners, we just talk about whatever we want in the world of geekdom and comic books. You are with us on a comic book club day. My favorite days. Yeah, I. It depends on what mood I'm in. I I like a variant because it's uh, a little less structured. Yeah, you can talk about things that aren't necessarily related to comics. We just ramble on. When it comes down to, I'm a purist. You're a purist. I like the club episodes. That's good. That's good. Well, on this comic book summer comic book club podcast, we're talking about Brian K. Vaughn's uh, Paper Girls with art by Cliff Chang. Colors by Matt Wilson, letters by Jared Fletcher, a dream team, if you ask me, uh, we're going to talk about on this book. And our guest today for this podcast, we bring in usually people who, who don't read comic books or maybe don't read anything outside of maybe their, their niche in the comic book world. Uh, tell us about our guest today, Travis. Our guest today has, I, nice. I'm going to say, has never read a comic, um, maybe a comic strip. Maybe a little, du- little Kelvin maybe, and Hobbs. Maybe a Doonesbury. Little, I think a little too racy for a little Calvin Kelvin and Hobbs. Hobbs. A little. Um, what's and uh, this uh, guest uh, has I've known for a long time. A long time. A long time. How long? Uh, Thirty-two years and a few months. Thirty-two years and a few right? months. Yeah. All right. Uh, this guest one time stabbed me in the lip with a Barbie doll hand. That's tough. Switchblade Barbie. Like I, we were, we were, we were wrestling and with Barbie dolls, like you would do. It was impressive. We were fighting. We yeah. were fighting. Okay. Um, this guest is four years older than me, and I remember uh, we were. It was a wrestling fist, fisticuffs. Okay. But then she she reached for a weapon, and the only thing there was always naked Barbies strewn around our house. <laughs> That's usually how it works. They were in our bath. If you took a shower, it's like at the Bates Motel, and like growing up, it's just <laughs> naked, naked women <laughs> draped over. The shower curtain yeah. and in the tub, Barbie hair, it, 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 ridiculous. So she reaches 
for the um, only weapon in the area, yeah. which happened to be a Barbie. A Barbie. Which is fine, because I'm like, oh, what? You're four years older than me? I can still take you. Yeah. I'm about to hit puberty. I can only, I was going to imagine, like, at that point, you've, like, you're not, like, you work out, Travis, but I can't imagine you were always a man I was a tubby out. little boy. You I were, was a tubby I, little boy. I imagine sure. you were, I, w- I would have thought that you were a slight, a slight no, man. No, no, no. I wasn't growing up. You're I was just growing, growing out. out. And now that I'm older, I realize my mother was just feeding me snacks, <laughs> like those snack wells, which are supposed to be healthy. Yeah. And so she just helped there's yourself. A good, there's a good Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Healthy yeah. choice ice cream. Oh, I'm sure it's healthy if your mom doesn't feed it to you every night. Uh, um, yeah. So anyways, she reached for the Barbie. I can take the Barbie. But then she switchblades it, and the hands are just like straight up. Yeah. And this guest uses those hands to stab at me. And she catches my lip. Lip cuts open. Do you have a scar? I don't think so. No. I don't scar. <laughs> this guest is my sister, Mindy Rats Mode. How do you go? Well, you said you're married now. Do you go by Mindy? That would be Mode. Mindy Mode? And Mindy I understand now why I was not allowed to talk before you introduced me. <laughs> because that was a bunch of shiznit that you, what do you just mean? said. You stabbed me with the no. Barbie doll hand. One. You ate my Tinkerbell lipstick. I'm pretty you sure that's what happened. the same day. Yes, yes. That was like a decade Came before in, that. Came in, red Tinkerbell lipstick all over the it face. It smells like cherries. Yeah, yeah. Did it taste I like mean, cherries? No, it tasted like wax. <laughs> you deserved it. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Did yeah. you eat my lipstick? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like covered in like red. So Mindy, as we said, uh, Mindy um, uh, grew up with me, so she's been in the vicinity of comics Superhero toys, action figures, uh, cartoons, all all that stuff. She hates cap guns. She's traumatized (laughs) as a child. Um, So, uh, Mindy, was I correct? Have you ever read a comic book? I have, actually. I think for, you know, a few months I was into that Archie. Archie comic books, right? Do those yeah. do those count? Archie, Betty and yeah. Veronica. Yeah, so yeah. a few a few months. Right. You know, we maybe you know the comic strips, the Garfield. Okay, typical. Everybody loves a good Sunday. I, that's I miss. I miss my youth when you would get the giant Sunday paper and then bust it open and then go right to the like steal the comic section out of it. The go color right to ones it. First. That's the only thing I would do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the color ones first. Yeah. Um. So Mindy, so you may, so a little bit of comics with Archie. So you understand what a comic book is. <laughs> You're um, not an idiot. <laughs> All right, so let's let's move on to other uh, geeky cred. Do you feel like you have any geeky cred? Is there any badge you wear? Any kind of geekdom, fandom, uh, universe know. that you really follow, whether it be in comics or TV or, or books uh, or movies? Well, I'm a Walking Dead fan. Okay. okay. You're Deadhead. Yep. I'm, I'm a Game of Throners. So. Ooh, Game of Thrones? Yep. It's Game of Throners. And um, you know that that one you, that show you just told me, the Stranger Things. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna be talking. Uh, you know, that some was stranger, my newest. Gonna, that was my newest accomplishment. We're gonna be, watching that. We're gonna be talking about some Stranger Things today too. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's those three yeah, are pretty good. Pretty geek, normal. Pretty, pretty normal. Pretty, pretty good geek cred there. I would say that this this is surprising thing about uh, Walking Dead has brought a ton of people into like knowing about something very comic booky without ever having to like be a comic book person. Right. It's it's less intimidating if you can get hooked on a story via a medium you already love, like mm-hmm. television or movies. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have been picking up comics because, well, a lot of people who watch Walking Dead, you were even talking about, I remember you texted me or asked me one time on a mm-hmm. phone call. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Well, you said, do you have the Walking Dead comic books? Yeah. And I said, yeah. 
and you're like, well, maybe I'll read them this summer. You never got into it, but it was something you were thinking about because you wanted to. You're like, I love this world so much. Mm-hmm. I want to see what. I want to see what's going to happen next. So and jo- the differences for sure. So, um, Josh, what would you tell her? If you read some of the books, right? The first couple of books for what? A Walking Dead. Yeah, I read up to like one something. Does it behoove? Is there anything that someone who's a big fan of the show would get out of the books? Do you think they would like the Walking Dead books? Yeah, I think the Walking Dead books are a little more. They're a little more cursy. Because you can, because it's not on, you know, your basic cable. Right. Um, it's a difference. I mean, the stories are very similar, but there's enough differences that you can enjoy the, yeah. the comic book version of it. There are people who are still alive in the show who are not alive in the books, and there are people in the show who aren't in the books, yeah. and there are people who are really integral to the books who aren't in the show. At yeah. least hmm. yet. Um, and some of the storylines follow the similar thing, but I also think, I think the governor. One, I think the governor in the comic book was a much like scarier psychotic guy, yeah, yeah, yeah than the yeah. governor on the TV show but I also think at the same time when someone opens up one of those books Walking Dead and they see it's black and white it's kind of like mm. yeah it can, it can be it can be a little putting a bit off putting but it's such a like zombie trope to be black and white uh, they redid the first episode of uh, Walking Dead in black and white so there's a oh I heard, I've, I've, that was yeah. years ago I haven't watched yeah, it it's though. super fun to watch in black and white it, did it, you watch the black very, and white one maybe? I did not it's very nice right, living well, to watch I'll have to do that so let's uh, let's. We already know, Archie. First, we usually ask a question, and you asked it not how you normally ask it. I know because I felt so comfortable with this guest. You didn't have to ask. <laughs> and it also, in a I, I was. Way. I kind of warned him at the beginning. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. A- oh yeah. Actually, I guess we should preface with this. So, Mindy came on last minute. We had a guest fall through, um, and I uh, back when we had a guest with an issue on Fairy. I hate Fairyland. Mindy had just gotten to town. She's visiting me during the summer. And I said, "Will you? Oh, we had a guest fall through. Will you read this?" And she looked at me. She goes, "Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, I don't want anything to do with." It. I go, "Come on, like, please, just do it." And she's like, "No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not. I'm not going to do it." And so I said, "Okay." And Josh's wife kindly stepped in. Uh, when this happened, um, uh, a guest fell through. I said, "Please, will, will, you, will you read this?" And her husband was in town. And I said, oh, yeah. I think I maybe approached like one of you guys needs to read this book. <laughs> and <laughs> coin. between the two of us, uh, I think we were able to guilt trip her into it. Okay, but no, I, I feel I like you needed a... a token on that show. <laughs> he's, already, he's, already been, he's already been on the show. He's been on. He's yeah. been on the show. Yeah, so you have to get your credit card. We get the, all the family members on here. Comic <laughs> yeah. exposure credit it card. Ha- it happens. It happens. Um, yeah. So um, that was the first. You got that's your exposure to comics. Um, Oh, should we just jump in? I feel like, I feel like between Stranger Things and Paper Girls, we got a lot to talk about. We do. Uh, so, so we're going to talk about uh, Paper Girls today out on Image Comics. Paper Girls Volume One. It collects issues. Is it one through five, Travis, or one through six? Uh, this uh, is one through five. One through, one through five. five. Okay. So, Paper Girls collects uh, issues one through five. I read it in single issues as it was coming out. I went back and reread it in the trade before the show. Uh, so, I'm going to talk. I'll probably that'll come up a little bit as we go through it as I talk about you know what's the difference reading it. You know, month to month issues, yeah. versus reading it all at one time. Uh, and uh, like I said before, this is written by Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, we love Brian K. Vaughn. Um, what's the other BKV book we did? Go back and listen to Why the Last Man. Yeah, we did a Why the Saga. Last Man podcast. Oh, yeah, we did the live saga podcast at the beginning of summer. We actually did two saga podcasts. We did. One with just Josh and I way back in the day. And then my favorite podcast we've done, our live Phoenix Comic Con podcast. Yeah. So you can go back and check out our love for Brian K. Vaughn. And we even had the conversation about, do we do another Brian K. Vaughn book? Um, it was a short conversation. It was. It was a resounding yes. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, yeah, we, we do another Brian K. Vaughn book. It's hard not to. 
Um, one of the things we're, I'm going to ask you towards the end of yeah. this is where's the stack up next to uh, Brian K. Vaughn? Oh, it's going to be okay. t- it's going to be know. tough. It's going to be tough to answer. That. I know. Uh, so, Travis, you want to give us the rundown about what uh, what Paper Girls is about? The um, brief synopsis. Oh, I thought I did the last synopsis. I, I, I can do it. I can do it. I can, okay. I can do it. But okay, my my whole thing while I'm doing this, I need you to look up these girls' names because I've forgotten their names. I you're you're asking me something that I am terrible with. Yeah. Okay, so um, you got Aaron. So, oh, Aaron. Aaron, you got Aaron KJ, is, I believe. Aaron KJ. Aaron's the is the tough the main smoker. Character. Okay, no, 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 Aaron's no, no. the Chinese-looking one. Yeah, the I, I think she's actually Asian. Aaron. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I think she, it's not that she looks. I think that she is. She's the, you know, the little Miss Do-Gooder. Yeah. That's why I took her as Aaron. KJ Tiffany K- Tiff KJ KJ was yep. which one? Uh, KJ is one of the sword wielding one, I think. No, oh, she had like a sword uh, or field, it's her field, field, field hockey stick. stick. Ah, yeah, or yeah. that. And then you got Tiff. Is she the smoker? Yeah. Like, uh, like Tiff, what's the diff? No, the, I think she's. The, I don't think they use each other's names enough. As I'm flipping through, I'm like, how's your sister find all one. names? Okay. Okay. So we're girls, we remember names. Smokey. Oh yeah, the she's in the front. Smoky McSmokers. Anyways. Names aside, KJ, we're gonna need those for later. <laughs> All right, so um, so Brian K. Vaughn describes Paper Girls as this in his own words. Um, it's like um, uh, Stand by Me uh, meets War War of the Worlds. Uh, I think, or this might be from an article he was in, but I like that description of it up top. So Paper Girls is Stand by Me meets War of the Worlds, and we can make some comparisons yeah. on that. Uh, it's set in 1988, and it follows these this gang of uh, 12-year-old girls. Uh, who uh, have a paper route, an early morning paper route. And that's how we enter this story is, you know, seeing the girls in their paper route. But uh, very quickly, things go awry. Uh, Mystery enters this book in the form of weird machines and what seems to be alien or futuristic uh, visitors. And the girls get mixed up in this um, sci-fi mystery plot. Time travel. Time travel slash time travel. And on the way, they're dealing with the dynamics of their group. And they're also dealing with certain family issues from their family members. And also just the general sense of being 12-year-old girls. Yeah. Um, So I don't want to, without giving anything to spoiler away, that's kind of a... Is that going to work for us? Yeah. Take a drink. You seem a little, a little, a little worried about that. A little. A little uh, well, I gave you my copy, so I was. Uh... <laughs> uh, so, so let's let's jump let's jump right into it. Uh, this is a nostalgia-filled romp, if you will, set in 1988, as uh, children in the 80s uh, who grew up in the 80s. I consider myself a uh, 80s baby, a 90s kid. A 90s kid? Yeah. You are an 80s baby and an 80s kid. I'm pointing kind at Mindy over there. Kind of, sort of. 1988, yeah. you would have been 80. Eight. No, eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in 88, I was uh, six. Yeah. So anyways, but you're right. This is totally nostalgia. Uh, we're going to... Um, there is this kind of... There is something comforting, I think, if you were... If you could remember the 80s at all and were there when some of the pop culture came out, some of the movies of the 80s. The Goonies, uh, Stand By Me, um, uh, Monster Squad, these type of movies. There is something that is very... Uh, nostalgic about those type of storylines. Kids riding bikes. Yeah, kids riding bikes, <laughs> man. It is. There's something about like when they get the flashlights and they ride out. That was something that happened in like every in other every 80s movie with kids. They and were... these are the movies that you watch at sleepovers 
uh, that parents were like, oh, this is a safe movie, but they were always they had a bit of an edge to them. Yeah. Even like in uh, Lost Boys or Goonies, I think there was some swearing in there. Like oh, there's, kids there's would definitely say, like, some shit, swearing. Yeah, you there's know? definitely some swearing. Uh, kids would like smoke cigarettes and those things. So uh, I think as kids who were uh, like growing up and consuming those as an eight year old who's watching Goonies, you realize that kids who are not much older than you can be like adults in your eyes. You know, like yeah. these are they're always like kids that somehow have to act like adults or seem much more adult like. Now is that a realistic depiction of what a twelve year old's like? Or is um, Brian K. Vaughn really good at capturing what it's like to be a twelve year old? Or is he putting some kind of um, hyperbole on that character, making them more adult like? Because I know we're 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 far away from being twelve. So it's hard to remember back to yeah. what you felt how you saw yourself in the world. But do these characters, do they ring more falsely as 12-year-olds or do they ring more truly for you? Well, like, I, I taught junior high for a year, which doesn't give me a whole lot of street cred, but I taught I taught seventh grade uh, for a year. Oh, dog, you taught junior high for I a year? I taught junior high for a year. So, I, you know, but I can see, if you think about it, there was always that one kid, and there is, in each one of those pieces of media you talked about, in Goonies, in Monster Squad, for sure. Uh, I just watched uh, Explorers a couple days ago on Netflix. There's always one kid who just seems a little older. Or they are a little older in some of those pieces of media. So what means, like, they smoke. Mm. Or they wear a leather jacket. There's mm. always that one mm. kid who has that sort of extra uh, <laughs> that extra edge to them. And Brian K. Vaughn puts that right in this book, right? There's the girl who's smoking right away. She's the tough one. She, you know, argues with the cops. Did you have a friend like that? A friend who seemed just a little older? Either of you guys? Did you have? I I, I knew kids like that, but I also knew it was probably better to stay away from them. <laughs> the, fi- the firework kid, you mean? Yeah. The kid who always had fireworks yeah. for some reason? Yeah. The kid who, the kid who like... We were kind of goody tissue kids, I think. Yeah, I, I think I think we were just also good at not getting Sheltered, caught. Sheltered, maybe? So I don't you know. Got caught a I don't get times. caught. Yeah, you got caught in high school. Like yeah, sneaking I don't out. know. I, when I read this book, I... Th- I I didn't picture them as 12. I thought of them as much older. Yeah. Like well, you, teenagers. I mean, because when I was 12, I mean, I wasn't out, you know, hanging out with people that were smoking or... I don't know. They just seem like they have a lot more... Yeah. I don't know. They just well, seem you, a lot you, older, I guess. You teach elementary more kids, mature. so they're not... You don't, You teach younger than 12, but... Although now 12-year-olds probably fit this description a lot better. I think about like, a lot more mature. Like, growing up out in the country, and this is like this is like a suburbia tale. This is a tale of suburbia, and I, I didn't grow up in the suburbs. I grew up uh, in, like, in the country country, right? So I, in the town I grew up in, we had one stoplight and three bars. You know, that's priorities, right? So uh, I graduated with 70 kids in the middle of nowhere. Um, but we, in junior high, that's when I, like, chewed for the first time, you know, and had a beer for the first, like, those are the things that happened in junior high. So, like... You had a beard for the first time? A, 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 oh, a beer. I was like, I'm like, oh, wow. No. We're but way I, behind then. But I always, but, like, I remember, I remember that. I remember those kids, like, the one kid who's like, oh, I stole my dad's chew. You want to, you want to try it? Like, or someone had an older cousin who would go buy like skull for him. Yeah, that's like that's like some like uh, small town Midwest. Yeah, and like, we'd, r- we'd yeah. ride to the park. That's we'd some ride to the park, shit. And you'd like you'd hang out at the park and you'd like just do dumb stuff. And so I get I get that sort of. There was always that one kid who had like an older sibling. 
or like latchkey kids, if you want to use that term, like a kid whose I parents, did. I use them. I a kid yeah. whose parents aren't home when they get home, so mm-hmm. they, they can do essentially whatever they want. Uh, there's all I, I remember kids like that growing up. So we just we this actually go, this podcast goes concurrently with uh, Stranger Things being released. It's been yeah. out for a couple weeks at this point. Mindy, you just watched that, and, and I did. And did you taking did you, on your advice? Did you like it? I liked it until we got to the end. I thought I thought it was gonna wrap it up. I didn't feel like it was really wrapped up for right, me. the ending of it. There's yeah. I was another, just really frustrated. I felt like yeah. there's got to be another season, and oh, she's back like I hate you, Travis, <laughs> for <laughs> making me gonna, watch this because I literally was like, "What? It can't end right now." You're gonna get like two of those in a row between Paper Girls and Stranger Things. The endings. That, that was that was kind of my that was kind of my only beef with with Stranger Things. I even put it on Facebook. I was like, "I love this show, but I don't want a second season. I just wanted it to be like." And then she disappeared, and everything. <laughs> and the mom never had her child back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was like just... I just wanted it to be. So aside from the ending, though, what do you think it is that uh, that engrossed you in that show? Like after the first episode, you were like, "Next episode, next episode." So what do you think it was? Was it the storyline? Was it the tone? Was it the characters? What really gravitated? Because I'm getting up. I'm gonna try to build this to something, but. I I, I think it was I that whole like that time. Well, not that that lost in space kind of thing like that oh, not the, here the, the not dimension. there that dimension part i just i just felt like i i could figure it out like i'm gonna figure this out how are they gonna get to this other dimension and i just kept wanting to see you know how are they gonna get there what are they gonna do how are they gonna kill this guy and so you like yeah. the, you really like the tension the, the show yeah, did a really so. good job building tension with those lights that would come on you're like yep. Ooh, what and is that eerie music at the beginning and they didn't reveal anything too soon yeah everything they, was kind of slow it was yeah a slow but they build. gave you just, just enough little peeps of the you. gut of the dementor or whatever yeah. he was called what was it that got you Josh with that show what do you think sucked you in I, I think and this has been this has been kind of talked about everywhere and it's the same thing that gets me with Paper Girls there's there's these nods to stuff in my childhood like it it seemed very familiar. But it was different, if that makes sense. There was enough that made me go, oh, yeah, like something that made you feel warm about it. I mean, there's a ton of, like, Spielbergian stuff and Stranger Things. There's a ton of, like, um, callbacks to movies that I remember as a kid, whether it's, like, Close Encounters of the Third Kind or whether it was The Goonies or uh, reminding me of, like, just Monster Squad and all those all those little nods to all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, that... That got me, but it was also like the characters in that show were well were well written. The kids talked like kids. They like had a compelling a little uh, like Mindy was saying a little above we, yeah a little above yeah. Their head. Well, and I, I think that's because, and they got away with that by making them nerds. So yeah. all of a sudden they know how to make a. Uh, what's that? A floating chamber. They had to. They didn't have to call. They didn't have to call. This is one of my favorite scenes. He always said we should not put off our curiosity tomorrow. We can do today. And he's like, son of a teacher trying to get. But I think that and the same thing and the same thing happens in Paper Girls. There's all these little nods to to stuff. Whether it's there's like a Far Side calendar she's looking at in one section, and I'm like, oh, I remember Far Side. There's a Monster Squad poster. There's a Monster Squad poster. So this this brings it to my question, then, Mindy. I'm going to ask this to you first. Could a story like Paper Girls or Stranger Things, if it helps in in that, to give it that way, could that be set today? Could that story be set today? Aside from the pop culture references, could could that be as an engrossing a tale told with kids set today? 2016. 
I don't know. I don't know if kids would get the idea that kids are out after dark riding around on bikes. I don't know if they would get that kids do stuff besides sit and watch TV or play video games. Exactly. I mean, there's one point in here where one of the girls has like a flashback. (laughs) I love that. She like wastes her days away playing that game and trying to get the high score. And that's that's like what I that's what I think kids do most of their time today when they're not at school. It's just. That was definitely a slam on like kids of today. That oh scene. yeah, but that was but that's totally something you did then too. Like you would spend forever. And we did that with Legends on, of Zelda, yeah, trying to get right? to the next Donkey level. Kong. Yeah. yeah, and those are the sorts of things. And I, I I don't think you could set it today. And I think the reason you can't set it today, um, I think like Stranger Things is the internet. Internet and cell phones ruin most tension. In any movie, unless you're, unless you have a device to get rid of the use of cell phones, cell phones, or the- you have a, div- or, or you have a means to um, use the cell phone to move the plot along. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see. What you're so you have you have to because your suspension of disbelief for a show set in modern times in 2016 and go, why don't they just Google that? They wouldn't have to call their teacher. Mm-hmm. And ask him how to build that tank. They could have just gone, "Hey Siri, how do you build a you know?" Right, right, yeah. Well, I, so here's my thing about what I've been thinking. I've been thinking a lot about the '80s. I've listened to the Stranger Things soundtrack. I love. Oh my uh, god, I love I that intro Rain's song. Down Africa. <laughs> uh, and the intro song is great. But so I've been thinking a lot about the '80s. I'm like, well, why are these stories, these type of stories, constantly set in the '80s? So you got to think about what the '80s are. Um, you know, there. I think this is a type of story that right now can only be told in the '80s because the '80s exists in a time when suburbia was building up. Yeah, there wasn't really there was suburbia coming out of the '70s, but um, it was still like suburbia was still kind of a safe place where you could let your kids do early morning paper routes, where you could let your kids come home as latchkey kids, where you can let them out of your sight and not worry about them. Mindy and I grew up in places like this, small, safe communities, and it was. Pretty much like come home when it's dark or, you know, just let us know where you're going to be around and have at it. So that's one. And you could say, yeah. well, you say, well, Travis, that can happen in the 50s, 40s, 60s as well. There's just no edge. But, yeah, okay, exactly. <laughs> so when you add in like the Reagan era. Yeah. Uh, and then also you add in the B movies of the eighties, the Russians, the, yes. yeah, the Cold War tensions, which you, there is yeah. that undertone Chernobyl in this book. Chernobyl is in there, yeah, mentioned. And so when you add, plus what's happening in the eighties, B monster movies, and all of these authors are eighties kids. They're all writing. Right. They all grew up in that seventies and eighties era. And so where do they draw from? They draw from like stories that they had when they were kids, right. or things that they can relate to. And I, like, I'm not a writer, but I gotta imagine if all of your experiences as a kid didn't involve the internet or cell phones, it's got to be really hard to write kids with the internet and cell phones. You know, I, I just well, I where just, do they go? Like, what do you do with kids? Those kids? That's I imagine it becomes much more difficult to write um, a kid using a cell phone. You know what you do? You send him a magic letter with an owl and send him a different world where all that stuff doesn't exist. That's, I mean, that's, you have to take... Yeah. If you're going to write a story about 12-year-olds a day, you have to take them out of our world. Mm-hmm. You can't bring the fantastic to this world. You have to take the kids and bring them to the fantastic. I think you're right. I think you're right. And let's let's talk about this. this we talked a little bit about this gang of girls and um, just kind of briefly said uh, maybe they're, they don't exactly act like 
twelve year olds necessarily. Uh, which what did you guys think about their dynamic and banter going back and forth? What would you guys think well, about? Well, Mindy, you are a girl, so you hung yeah. out with twelve year old girls at one point in your life. I did, I did. Um, how does this like just like the secret world of how how well does Brian K. Vaughn do at writing women? This is a man writing a woman, and not only just a woman, a twelve year old woman. Uh, it, what rings true, what doesn't in their interactions with each other? I mean, I think when I was 12, this kind of banter would be expected, you know? I think nowadays, I don't think 12-year-olds really make connections this quickly. Right, when you say... Like, like it seemed okay. like, you know, this the new girl, I think, Kim, I guess, she's the, the new girl, and she runs into this group of girls that have a connection from the paper route that they've been on. You know, she's kind of the odd one out, but it doesn't take long before they're, you know... Oh, it takes like five like, minutes. Yeah, they're yeah. like the four best buddies ever. And I think, you know, back in the 80s, that probably happened a lot, you know? It didn't take long to make friends. But nowadays, 12-year-old girls can be quite <laughs> catty. And, yeah. you know, it's like, it's almost a lot of bullying and picking on people. And, well, you're different, so I don't know if you're going to be able to hang out with us. So... I think for the time period set, I think he did a good job. I think if it definitely if it took place today, it would be what, quite a different story. What do you think about the fact that he didn't make boys a center of their conversation, like twelve year old girls? You don't really they don't really talk about boys in here. Well, I think that's well, why they're twelve. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's one reason why you write them as twelve, right? Because you it, take that out of the equation, and then you don't. Those twelve year old girls isn't that like don't they talk about like their crushes? Like shouldn't there be like a, a girl in here who's like I love Corey Hart? Maybe we just haven't got to that I think they're more of the tomboy girls. I mean, one's, you know, got her field hockey stick. And, you know, I mean, the other ones smoke. And they look very jockey in there. And they are almost like raped by guys in the beginning of this thing. Yeah, there's a real weird... Uh, Yeah, the guys are picking who's stealing our candy or, yeah. It takes place on Halloween, too. I kind of... That makes me, like... Oh, that's super, it's it's super nostalgic as well, yeah. It's super... It reminds me, like, oh, yeah, I remember running around as a kid. I, like... That age when you were 12, that age group is like when you could, that was like the end of your trick-or-treating. Right. But it was also when your parents gave you the most freedom to trick-or-treat. So it was the best time to go is when you were like 11 and 12 and if you pushed it, 13, right? Like those, those were the years to be like, my parents just dropped me off. I'm going to go, like, run around with my friends and just do stupid stuff. you got to be careful. You could encounter Ernest Scare Stupid Situation. You could. You know, trolls, trolls. going out. Yeah. Uh, That's why I always bring milk out on Halloween. Meak, I think. Meak. <laughs> I'm glad that, that we have Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> Travis. That, that That's going to be my next button. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I think um, Brian K. Vaughn does this a lot in all of his books. He always... You look back at why character the last, is number one. Yeah, you you look back at why the last man. Why the last man is one guy in a world of women. Uh, you look at Saga. Uh, one of the main characters is a woman. Uh, the other, the main, like the narrator of it is a girl. Um, the strongest characters are always women in Brian K. Vaughn books. It seems like. Yeah, and so even I only read bits. And, there's one that came out that's about um, like we go to war with Canada. Uh, it's it's from the Canadian National Anthem that Brian K. Vaughn wrote. Yeah, it's just um, it was only like five or six issues, and it was just a one thing. Uh, we stand on guard. I had to remember, oh okay. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah, the yeah. lyrics to the Canadian National Anthem. Uh, we stand I on guard. Can tell you the, uh, lyric oh, from Canada. Canada. I know that one. You haven't been to enough oh, hockey Canada. games. You haven't yeah. been to enough hockey games. Uh, so there, there's he always, and I think, and I don't. 
I always feel like I'm commenting on something that maybe I don't know, but he seems to write women in a in a in in a good way. They're not in a situation where they seem meek, or they're not in a situation where they seem damsel and distressy. I think he does a really good job of of writing, uh, at least from my standpoint, being just a dude. What seems to be a well, strong, strong yeah. My, if, I, if I had the story, my first instinct would be call it Paper Boys, and they would be like the Goonies. Yeah. Maybe I'd throw in one girl who was like the the tomboy younger sister, but that's the chauvinist writer in me. And uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like you think about like you write what you know, and you ran around with I know dudes. You know, I know twelve year old boys. <laughs> I know what they like. Whoa, 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 whoa. Candies what? and puppies and puppies. windowless yeah. vans. Yeah. That's what they like. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think I think he does a really good job of writing these characters. I think their banter is good. It seems like kids, but then that same thing you talked about in, in Stranger Things, you write them smart kids, so it you can hide behind the fact that you don't know how twelve year olds talk anymore. So you can you don't have to you make them smart kids so you can aim their vocab a little higher and right. you can aim their references a little higher. But they couldn't be they couldn't all be jocks. They couldn't all be jocks, or at the same time they couldn't all be like new kids in the block, like super fans and like oh my god, it's so how how far could they get? Like what how believable would it be? Yeah, you that got, they can that they can handle themselves. I mean, she talks about like War of the Worlds in here, and like she talks about oh this Orson Welles guys and you know Welles yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. and I try to think about it like today. Day, um, do you have to write them? Just there's always one kid who knows a little too much. You always, I mean, the same thing we talked about before. You had that one friend who was like a little tougher than yeah. everybody else. You had that one friend who was a little smarter than everybody else, whose parents let them watch. You know, the, they watch the news all the time, so they could talk about Gorbachev or they could talk about. You know, like there's like something they knew that you were like, like I had the birthmark. That's the only reason. Yeah. That's and, and that's like, and that's the thing. You'd be like, yeah, the guy, he did a big thing on his head, and someone's like, no, dude, he's like the the president of, uh, of the, the he broke up the Soviet Union. Well, this isn't written for twelve year olds. No, though, no, is it? like is that no. that's a thing. It's like he's it's like he's putting twelve year olds to the center of his 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 story, knowing that this book was written for thirty to forty year olds. Yeah, well, I, th- I think I think it plays to I think it plays to. Um, Comic readers in general, I believe, the way that it's that, I mean, you can think a lot of 30 to 40-year-olds, because that's your nostalgia point. That's why it's written there. Right. You know, it's written in that time period. But I, my daughter read the first, I think she read the first two issues, and she she thought it was good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think I'm going to give her the trade after we're done talking about it so she can read it. But there's things where, you know, when she's talking about it, things that she missed, she's like, when does this take place? Well, let's, let's talk about this. <laughs> Mindy. <laughs> As someone who's known you for a long time, I know that you you tend to easily get confused with stories. <laughs> Endings are Slightly. problems, plot twists can throw you off. So uh, I had read this before I'd asked her to come and fill in. And when she said yes, I didn't want to tell her, because uh, this was after she ranted and raved about the ending of Stranger Things. Like, <laughs> Where, where's the girl? And who is it? And I don't understand. And so when I gave her this, I was like, ooh, this is hit the repeat button because this is going to be a lot of that. So, what were some of the questions that came up or like oh. some of the things that confused you in general about this? Well, you kind of said, since you kind of prefaced the whole book with it's about Stranger Things, I kept waiting for there to be some kind of Stranger thing. time travel, other dimension. So, I feel like I was already kind of thinking that at the beginning. You know, when she started off, she thought she was dead and heaven and hell and I was kind of confused and then okay and then I got the whole paper out 
brought back to reality. Um, I think the first part that I was really confused on why I started thinking of like maybe time travel is when she found that that apple card. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I got it. She's, mm-hmm. These are time travelers. This is from the future. And then, you know, and then we started ripping off our faces and there was some... <laughs> Dragons you know, in the sky? Random speaking. Dinosaurs. Di- yeah, flying the- dinosaurs. And yeah, I was a little bit confused. I'm not... <laughs> I, I guess I... Yeah, and, and I it, really it, have it, no idea what's and, going and on. It, I think my t- I think I'm still okay with the time travel thing. I think that they're I'm, I'm thinking kind of like uh, what was that? No, with the oh my gosh, it's I'm a thunder a and a whisper. No, Arnold Schwarzenegger. What was he in? Terminator. Terminator. I feel yeah. like there was like maybe this like the, like a war in the future, maybe and and. I, th- I think you're right. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm just at a loss, kind of. I mean, it's interesting. I kind of want to read to see what happens. But I, I'm, I, I, I'm confused I, all over the place. I, I am uh, used to reading comics and confusing comic book storylines. And one of the things I've learned is you have to be really patient, especially with like someone like Brian K. Vaughn. There are some people who writers who will give you by the third issue they'll kind of reveal what the big rub is. And you can I think you can have real discussions and, and with people who read this first volume yeah. and come to a lot of the same conclusions about what's actually happening. Yeah. Like it's obviously some kind of generational war they're hinting at between old people and young people in the future. Yeah. And now time travels time travel is being used as a weapon of war for this. Like or, to be able to get advantages in to war. Be, yeah, to be, yeah, so it's it's a, a, a time travels become a war strategy in this future war between Young and old. That's what I, I yeah, but kind does the, of think. Does the newspaper company itself have a lot to do with this story? Ooh. Because I feel like there's like a Skynet. lot of there's a lot of droppings of this like Cleveland Preserver everywhere. You know the the alien guys are holding it, and you, they they focus on in one scene or whatever you call the panels. There's like a the truck is actually in the background, and I just feel Plus like the they fact place it's called Paper Girls, right? A lot yeah. of emphasis on this paper, and I don't really. I'm they not might see. Sure I didn't even. The, I didn't even pick that. I, I. I. That makes a lot of sense. I didn't even pick that up. I wasn't even looking at. Oh, the actual Herald could be some kind of could be the key to the time travel, or like the ribbon that threads. That allows yeah. this, or like some kind of like Skynet corporation, or do they use the it. paper or to find things? You know what I mean. They use the paper to go to certain time periods to find right. out what happened there. I, I think. I think the one thing uh, reading it month to month was as in single issues was I was far more lost month to month. Oh yeah, I could wait every thirty days to get one little yeah, a little twenty two like pages of it together. Uh, so this is five months of comic books. So when you saw this is five months of comic books yeah. right here. When you yeah. saw that apple at the end of that that one section that yeah. chapter you called that's it when you had to wait you had to wait yeah. thirty days. So this so oh, every God, time no. you saw one of those that's when the new every time you saw like the cover that's a new month that's a oh. new that's a new issue. Yeah, I would not have done well with that. And so. <laughs> When I went to go read it again over, I got it made a lot more sense to me to read it in in a volume like this. Um, go talk to mom. <laughs> Little interruption from this the, is, this is why man. I this is why you spank your children, Josh. 
He was actually I've been trying to get Mindy to spank <laughs> my <laughs> nephew, <laughs> and I think I'm almost close to getting there. There are several days. <laughs> I had, I had to take him to a work thing this morning, so he sat with me at a new teacher breakfast for about three hours this morning, Ooh. so he can do whatever no he wants. <laughs> he was uh, a very manageable for three hours uh, at a really boring thing, so... Um, but I, I think one of the things that, that I missed when I was reading it the first time is that weirdo language from the uh, future. Oh, it looks like it's all slang. And, and it gave me, it, as I read it again, it's this very idiocracy sort of thing. Yeah. Did you see that movie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where everybody talks, there's all, everybody's using, using slang. And it was really hard to figure out what they were saying. Um, but it was it was totally like the young locals be harmed yeah, and dangerous. Like, yeah, it's like almost a no choice slang. but to try as adults. Uh, so it was this really kind of cool, like uh, Mia culpa grandfather, like this really this weird sort of uh, Mia maxima culpa. This really weird sort of like mix of Latin and slang. But yeah, and, and, I, and I love that if you think about what kids are using today, like fleek, and like yeah. oh, it's on fleek. If you say it's it us maxima. in the eighties, you know, like yeah. uh, like. What is that? Well, that's what I mean. Like, you know? that, that's that really kind of cool thing. Like, if you transplanted a kid from 2016 mm-hmm. into 1988, they are, it's almost, you're almost speaking a foreign language. I think language, the English language at least, is evolving a lot quicker and changing a lot quicker than it did from like 1800 and 1900. Yeah. Uh, just, just from 1980, it's like 2016. The kids' slang, I mean, two 12-year-olds, one from 80 and one from 2016, would have a hard time communicating. Thanks, hip-hop. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I, think, I think that was one of the things that, that caught me, and it was a little easier to grasp as I, read it through, as I read it through the second time, and read it as one big chunk. But that is one of the things that is fun to read this book, is yeah. to slow down and try to figure out kind of what like, they what were the saying. what the hell is going yeah. on? Uh, but I, you know what? Um, Brian K. Vaughn, in this first volume, this is essentially just set up. Yeah, it is. If, if you think about it, if we, we're comparing it to Stranger Things a little bit, this is essentially maybe two episodes of Stranger Things. And so I looked up. If you break yeah, it up that way, yeah. you know what I mean? The pacing of it. So I, I, I was trying to figure out because Brian K. Vaughn is writing Saga right now, and that's going to be a really long series. So, Mindy, that is like an issue a month, but that's been out for like 37 like, months. Well, it's, it's been out for probably. Uh, four or five years, probably. And um, but normally, like, he says he has an end. He knows how the story is going to end, and it won't mm-hmm. be as long as Saga. So he says he refused to put a date on it. But you're looking at uh, it's probably about two or three years. So you're looking at about twenty four to thirty five total. Uh, so you're looking at so, about six of these, yeah, five six or six trades of these to huh. it to up. figure out like everything tied a ribbon in it. So. We'll have you back on in three years. All right. And we'll read <laughs> to finish it up. Um, but that's the thing is you get right at the very end, and we'll, we'll give the reveal away because this is a spoilery show. It is a spoiler story. Uh, so at the very end, they go to the future, and they find the main character, Aaron, herself in 2016. Yeah. So they, she runs into herself. They go to the future. She finds herself in 2016. And then, as someone who's read the single issues after this... Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay, so, okay. Um, they are in... Now, they're they're in 2016. So, they're so doing now how what's did going you, on So, how are you figuring that out? Well... Because I see 1999 on this. So, I assume she was in, like... Oh, maybe I'm... Maybe it is 1999. 1999, but I didn't... 
because she, I don't know. I guess I saw her clothes. I'm like, well, she boom, you got maybe by a non comic reader, Josh. But in her, po- it, but in her pocket know. is an iPhone. She has an iPhone in her pocket, oh, so yeah. oh, I think true. it's her traveling through time. Okay. Um, and so it's just supposed. I think it's just her falling through time, and so you're seeing her uh, pass yeah. through the year. Because she has an iPhone in her pocket, and then I, she's driving, like, a smart car. So it can't be dining Oh, it is a smart car. Um, and so you get this thing where, at the very last panel, is my name is Aaron Tang. So you, you see her seeing herself in 2016. Uh, and you've now flipped. So you get one, one volume where they're dealing with 1988, right? So you saw future effect come back and hit them. And now you have to see this. You're gonna. We're gonna see these girls deal with uh, 2016. Right. Yeah. That and that is why the genre of this. I, I like this story. I, I want to see where it goes, but I can't read it in single issues. So I'm gonna have to wait till yeah. Two, you know, it all comes out in trade and, and, and binge it. Binge these. So then trades. that's probably when you're gonna get the boys brought into it. Then 2016. Oh, when like like they're in love Maybe. with like um, uh, I don't know or. Have more issues or run-ons with them, you know. There's got to be Being some. The they have the to 80s. address like oncoming puberty at some point in in this run of Paper Girls, right? To have a full rounded character when you have four different girls. Well, I don't think you do when it takes place in what is essentially this is one day. That one right? One yeah, I guess train, depend, I guess it depends on the pace. One of the story. trade takes yeah, place yeah. in one day. Yeah, you, th- you think about it, and and. Like I said, I like I think this is essentially what would be two episodes of television. You could probably maybe do three, um, but I think that it you know it's really you have to think about this this trade as uh, one or two chapters in a in a novel. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I just think I don't think that it's um, it sets everything up without telling you exactly what's going on, and I think. Uh, we go back and we you go back and you read the first volume of Why the Last Man and it does a lot of the same stuff. Um, right. And yeah. I don't mean a lot of the same stuff like he's a repetitive no, yeah, yeah, person. Yeah, I just no. mean it's the structure pace, of the pace, the pace of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with Saga. Saga jumps you right in and in the first volume you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like you don't know what's going on. You're kind of thrown into and it ends that first volume but you don't really know everything about it. I think right. that one has a little more narration we, in it. You said it with all Brian K. Vaughn trades. The, the first book doesn't necessarily hook you. It's, it's the just, second it's one. It's just a taste. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a little a little like little mm, that's what it is. An amuse bouse. <laughs> a little what uh, like a like a um I think we had enough analogies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm interested. So, story aside, I know I know many can talk about story. So I was excited to get this uh, story. Let's talk about art. The first, before we talk about art, was this difficult to read at all? As far as like following the panels, did you ever have like? No, and and that's that's I think that's probably why it didn't take me very long to read it. Because my mind, you know, the last comic books I ever saw were picking up your X Men or whatever from back in the day as a kid. And I just felt like there was just so much, like, Pop just, and yeah, moving. like, yeah. moving and streaks going across. And it was always, like, just not visually appealing. It was, like, too much going on. But I thought this one was very easy to follow, especially, I mean, it made me excited to keep going and read the next parts he was going on. And, yeah, I, I thought it was really easy to follow along. This is a very, this is a very nice panel, easy panel layout. Yeah. Very but, clean. But still does some cool things with the panels. Like, yeah. they'll get, like, uh, off long. 
uh, on there. So, uh, Josh, um, what do you think? You're the resident artist. I here. I love Cliff Chang so much. Mm. Uh, he did the Wonder Woman run uh, for New Fifty Two, so the first big section. I think there's six volumes of it, six trades of it, uh, and I love that he does a like he draws. I mean, this is all. Um, ladies and or girls and not in a sexualized manner. I mean, they're 12 year olds, but like they draw teenage girls in comic books to look like, you know, like, right. Yeah. It, it, it's, everything's overly sexualized. They're different and they have style. Yeah. Cliff, know. Cliff Chang does a really good job of drawing. Uh, I mean, he did his work on Wonder Woman is fantastic. He did like a really strong, uh, not like overly sexy Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he, he was perfect to draw this. Um, it's cartoony. It is is cartoony, um, but, but almost... But not, right? It's a minimalist. Right. Like, there's this minimalist look to it where uh, the colorist has to do a lot. You know what I mean? Right. Like the colorist has to go back in. Noses, or a lot of noses are done. A lot of sharp not, lines. And like, yeah. if you look at, like we're looking at here, like, like eyebrows will go over hair. Like, the, yeah. like anatomy is off. Uh, and then they'll do like you know dot eyes, dot eyes. I like sometimes it. they all, they look like Shazam. Like you've been using this word a lot. You've been using this word of like uh, like craftsman. Yeah, right? right. Where it's like a working man's like what I'm doing. What I need to do to tell the story yes. in the panel. I'm not getting too realistic with it. I'm not getting too detailed um, with detail it, with unless it. I need to. Unless so once uh, the, he's it's like Chang stops. Once this, the panel does what it's supposed to do, as yeah. far as storytelling wise, yeah. I mean, there's like a scene where she's in a pumpkin patch with Ronald Reagan, and it's a very Charlie Brown. It's the Charlie Brown pumpkin patch. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. it totally is. And so that's the other thing. I mean, that's that nostalgia tug again. And just that's, there's that's, Christmas trees on the other side. And yeah, that, and that's sentence, and that's a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Like, there's all this, you know. This, and that sentence alone, she's in a pumpkin patch with Ronald Reagan. If that hasn't hooked you <laughs> into reading this story. Then I don't know what. How can you not like? And and then in the background, Star Wars, not Star Wars like Luke Skywalker, but like eighties U.S. versus Russia, right? right? U.S. versus USSR. Star Wars is in the background. There's all these sort of like little eighties references that are super fun. And uh, Cliff Chang does a really good job. Uh, Can we talk about how wonderful Matt Wilson's colors are on this? Uh, And so I want Mindy, uh, as someone who doesn't read a lot, what did you think about the colors in this? That's maybe something that maybe so a whole different person in comics. So the artist just does the inks, does black. Yeah, I didn't even know that until you guys were rattling off the people that made the book. The person who colors actually decides. I mean, they work together as a team, but the colorists, different colorists, have different styles of how they want to do things. So, what do you think about the colors Mm -hmm. in this? I mean, besides the obvious, you know, darker colors to represent the early morning hours and night hours. and There's a lot of purple, you know, and I love it. I, yeah. It's very 80s, the pinks and purples and yellows that are used in this, especially the covers of it, you know? Like, everything is kind of, like, a little bit neon It's got that just... But subtle. It's yeah. not, like, over-the-top, like, we're gonna bring out, like, an old Cindy Lauper record cover and just copy the colors on that. This is, like, yeah. very subtle touches. Tiny details, little touches, little, little touches. But I, there's so much purple in it, and I love it. There's you had, Mindy, you had mentioned earlier the scene where she's like uh, going through like essentially a year or a year and a half oh, of yeah. playing uh, uh-huh. playing that video game. Uh, Breakout, I think it is. Oh, that uh, called? Yeah, I think that's like she's. I, what is it? It's the I one. It was like Pong. You probably had oh, it on yeah, your it phone. Like... You had to like hit the. You hit the. Um, it came out on like it was like an app for a phone for a long time, uh, and. 
I the little thing goes back and forth, and you hit the ball to go break brick breaker. Oh, or I've seen that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, so she's playing that, and every panel is a different sort of like warm sort of like an orange or a pink or a blue and you know the colors represent kind of seasons and cliff this little series of panels where she's playing this video game there's no words it's silent but you know what's going on because you're like oh it's like you're almost fitting the words in like yeah you know she's in summer clothes and then she's got pants on and then she's got a turtleneck and there's leaves falling like in the background christmas she don't care yeah She's got all these little things happening, and you can see time pass uh, as she's, like, trying to beat this game. Um, and that's a lot of space to take in a comic for that game. It is. Day, One, know? two, three, four. What is essentially four full pages. It's like when Scott Young did that in I Hate Fairyland with the uh, house burning down. Yeah. It is, I think. Yeah. Where, uh, where she says she just knocked out. And, right. like, it's just panel after panel. But it really... It tells you the moment that she's dealing with, right? Like, life flashed before her eyes as she's going through this. And so you see, like, her life. And you think about it. What was your life when you were 12 years old? What would your life flash to when you were 12? And, like, it flashed to her playing this video game for hours and hours. For hours and hours. And I think about it, I'm like, yep. (laughs) It would have been, like, me and Zelda or me and, you know... Whatever the game was, I was trying to beat, and and that's a moment where I'm like, yeah, that was that was childhood. Like you did, you rode your bike, you did dumb stuff, but there was a moment in time where you got sucked into something with your friends. Right, typically you know? between childhood and like young adulthood is like yeah. when you were like video gaming it and stuff. Yeah. All right, so it is time for favorite panels. Mindy has been told to pick a favorite panel, and yeah, but I don't so think no one no one steps on your your toes. We're gonna let you. Go first. Did you pick a panel? I did, but okay. I I don't know if it's technically a called a panel. A panel? I, we're going to give you free reign. Because I, yeah, because I didn't really quite know what I called a splash page. <laughs> so I picked the splash page of the part where Aaron is holding the little apple card, and she says it's an apple. This one. Oh, yeah. yeah that's the that's the reveal from. Is that the first issue? I think so. Yeah, the first issue I guess would have stopped. Yeah, the first issue was oversized, so that's why that. That's probably one of the biggest chunks there. That first issue was more than 22 pages. Um, and I think I picked that part, part because I think it was the part where I was actually like, okay, maybe I kind of understand where this is going. And, yeah, and then I totally lost it. But <laughs> I, for a moment, I was like, I got this. I understand. Come, I got this story down. It's gonna, it's See, gonna you go into this other dimension thing, like I thought. And there's time traveling and. And See, you were more savvy than I was. I saw the Apple thing. I go, oh, maybe he's writing like a, a new history of Apple. Like it's an alternative history of like the, or maybe like he's this book is going to be about Apple computers. <laughs> like I was like, I was like, oh, I guess it could be time travel. That crossed my mind. But I was also like thinking. Deep. I got. I thought too much about the company of Macintosh and like that this was going to come into play more. But I think I think what it does is it comes into play because you think about 1988 and you think about Oregon Trail on that Apple II that you, you like Oh my gosh. You, you think about like you know what app you knew what that symbol yeah, was. Yeah, they mentioned it. Though they say it's like that computer that I had in class. Yeah. She says she and mentioned so, yeah, something they, like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's that thing where like it's been around forever and it's a it's something that's we might not think is very recognizable, but it is. It's been around for so long, um, and it's something that's still here. So, And it's not like Levi's, which are just jeans and they don't change. It's a technology company that when you go back and you think about 
when you used to make banners on the on the computers in the library when you were a kid, and remember would print right, them out yeah, like, yeah. Rain, rain, oh, yeah. like that giant the, line, the perforated, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. the perforated line, uh, and uh, then you're like, that's the same thing that I carry in my pocket. Yeah, it's almost like half a century now. It's got to be at least getting close to fifty, right? Yeah, Apple. Well, uh, it would have been in the. It was in the. It was in the eighties. So Early eighties. Yeah. Uh, so, but there's there's this this thing that's been around. And it's completely changed from when it first came out to what it is now, and it shows you the progression of technology. It's a good device. It's a good device to use to go, uh, yeah. And then it ends, the very last panel ends with her, and clearly with an iPhone in her pocket and a Apple headphones in because they're white, and there's a little volume control by the ear, like that very last page, and you go, there's this kind of through line of Apple. And... Uh, I think even through it, the old guy, like what seems to be the leader of the other generation, mm-hmm. is wearing an Apple Records shirt. Right, yeah, I saw him at the end of Apple Records. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so, favorite panel. Let's keep all going. Right. Uh, Here, so, going. Um, Ooh, Mark, oh, Travis, let's see what's your favorite panel. My favorite thing about this book is, I, I, lo- well, I like this book. I like it more. I like the interaction of the girls. I like the uh, uh, the fun of playing around the 80s. You're all. You've always been more of like a sci-fi fan than I have, and like that that kind of uh, genre. Yeah, I like that stuff, but I could easily read this book without. I, I would. Re, I would. I would enjoy this book just as not much if it was more grounded. If it were just girls out in the world, yeah, <laughs> if it were just story of young. Well, because here's the thing about here's the thing about girls, Josh. I don't yeah. know if you know this. Yeah, girls just want to have fun. They do. They do. Yeah. They do just want to have fun. So, I wish I knew more lyrics to that song. What's your, what's your panel? So are you I, kidding me? If we pick the same... Did you go with the werewolf? I went with the werewolf. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I went with the werewolf because it, it epitomizes what I love about this book. The fun references with the Guns N' Roses t-shirt. Um, the Jordans? He's wearing and, Jordans. And it's like thriller. It's like, a, it's like a shout out to kind of thriller. He's got the Jordans on. Teen Wolf. A teen Wolf. And also the fact that I am terrified of werewolves. <laughs> I am terrified of werewolves. I don't like them. Mindy used to tease oh, me as a yes, child. Oh, yes. We had this wolfy mask. And all you had to do is put this mask on and go, wolfy, wolfy, wolfy. And he'd scream. <laughs> like, it's like oh, a meal. Like, it's a meal like 10, too. It's oh. awesome. So the, wolfy, the person, wolfy, wolfy. I don't even know what happened. Why did we have that mask? I don't know. Who's was it? It was so it's, creepy. It was, but it was hilarious. And then the last person downstairs had to turn off the lights. Like our mom would always make someone go turn off the lights all downstairs. Oh yeah, and Grandpa's basement too. Yeah, and then Minnie would stand at the top of the stairs with all the lights <laughs> off at the bottom, and she'd just go wolfy, 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 and like my adrenaline would spike, and I would, I would four step those stairs just up. I hate it. Like, it's oh, the point man. where I'm like, stop. Hey, please. you were kind of chunky as a 12-year-old. I was I just trying to help you out. Yeah, she was just doing her part, man. So, okay, you can, you can pick that same panel. It's for a different I'm reason. Not, that's, that's the reason why. And yeah. after I see that, I just want Cliff Chang to do a werewolf book. Yes. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so I'm going to go my second panel. Or this, Monster Squad, the uh, comic. Yeah, I'm going to do a quick one that I that I had looked at and I thought that was good. It's when they meet uh, Chainsmoking Girl's uh, stepmom. Mm. Alice. Yeah, it gets a little darker on there. It does, but there's something about this panel where she looks like Sigourney Weaver in uh, in Aliens a little bit, right? With like the collar pop. It's very kinda... sort of like, and she's drinking rumble mints, <laughs> right? <laughs> she does. She does has that that power. Yeah. And so there's just the colors are great in it. There's something incredibly 80s about the high pants. Very referential. The, yeah. It's very referential. Um, and even the houses are 80s. Man. Yeah, Look at the houses. They're so 80s. And the wood paneling. And you just got you just got to meet. You saw one more piece of that girl's life 
Um, and that's a trope that's in a lot. Maybe of, why she is the way she yeah, is. And that's a and like I said, that's a trope that's in a lot of stuff. Like the kid whose parents are a little rough, they're a little rough. Um, but I thought that panel was it's kind of like a pre-panel uh, in a weird way, and it just reminded me of Scorny Weaver. And maybe someone else thought it looked like Scorny Weaver. I don't know, but if you did. Um, I'm going to throw something out at you. Okay. See if you notice this one. Because okay. I noticed it. Maybe it's not a big deal. So at the part where these random teenagers, one looks like a cat. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So these teenagers are at the the field and, you know, that alien ship comes down or whatever. So those same teenagers happen to be in these pink pods yes. at the end. Yeah. You saw that too? Yeah. Okay. So I think that's where they talked about everybody disappeared. In town, when they suck them up, or they yeah, just yeah, yeah. okay, and so I they're think, all being stored somehow. Yeah, so they're all being stored by that by the dude who wears the public enemy shirt. Or were they ever even real, and they were just sent down oh, to play this imaginary man. part? That's that's some big stuff Mind right there. Blown. You guys um, knew that, didn't you? Also, that that <laughs> panel where they kiss is a pretty great panel too. If I could like a third set, like the uh, the girl with the cat ears. Oh, you're such a sentimentalist. It's well, a it's a weird. very kind of like Archie comic to throw back to the beginning of the episode. <laughs> I love how he's like he's doing like it's the end of the world. And he's like come here, and she's like get off me. Yeah. <laughs> she's like I don't even care. It's the end of the world, pig. Yeah. Uh, so girls can be so cruel even at the end of the world. I can be. It breaks my heart. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, go check out Paper Girls. Here's what I want to know, uh, Mindy. Would you do you want to read the next volume? Absolutely. All right. So we usually do. Would you recommend? And since Minnie doesn't read comic books, I don't know that she would. She'd be like, oh, to any exact to, person to any of her understand. any of her friends, and she'd be like, hey, go go read this. But would you would you, what would you recommend to you? I would recommend. Everyone's talking about Stranger Things right now. Yeah, and people who like that book, I would say read this book. If that show, read this book. Even if even if they even if the first volume is there's there's more questions than answers. Um, if you are on that '80s nostalgic train because of Stranger Things, yeah, put on the Stranger Things soundtrack, soundtrack. on Spotify and read this book. I found like a, a YouTube video that's the soundtrack for like four hours. It's just a looped version. Do that of even better. Do that. Just listen to the listen to the intro music and read the comic book. Uh, I would say the same thing. If you loved that Stranger Things, if it was something you're like, man, I want more of that, or Goonies, or Stand By, yeah, you, anything in that Any, vein. anything that vein, um, pick it up. Uh, read it. Volume two, my guess comes out pretty soon. I think issue nine just. Be, yeah, I think yeah. issue nine just came out. So my guess is probably in a month or two, uh, volume two will come out, and then you just might as well pick them both up, read them back to back, and uh, binge a little bit of comic book action. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we're in the middle of comic book summer. Remember, you can find us on uh, www.comicexposure.com. You can find us on the Twitter at Comic Exposure. Uh, follow us there. Um, we've got uh, Andre next week. Andre the Giant next week, or next, not next, next week? Um, two, next comic book is Andre the Giant uh, Legend, Life and Legend, or something mm-hmm. like that. So that that's on the comic book summer. And then uh, we're gonna wrap up comic book summer with Doctor Strange. After that. Uh, I think that's the Ways last one. Ways of the Weird, or yeah, Way of the Weird. Way, way of the Weird, the Jason Aaron written one. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, check us out. Uh, remember to rate us on iTunes, uh, write us a review. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next trade. 